The Bureau of Prisons has one of the federal government's grimmer missions, keeping more than 125,000 convicted offenders safely behind bars. It needs to do a better job of assessing the staffing levels of frontline employees, though. For more, the Director of Homeland Security and Justice Issues at the Government Accountability Office, Greta Goodwin. Ms. Goodwin, good to have you on. Thank you for having me. 37,000 people, plus or minus, work for BOP and guard and otherwise staff prisons. But it doesn't seem to be enough. And what I read from your report is that they have trouble even knowing what the right staffing levels will be at a given institution. That's right, Tom. So this report looks at BOP staffing levels and related challenges. And so we cover three things in this report. The first thing we look at, we look at how BOP assesses its staffing level needs. We look to see whether they have a good sense for the cause or the impact of the staffing challenges that they're facing. The second thing we look at, we look at how effective the practices that they've currently put in place have been to address the challenges that they have around staffing. And then the third thing we look at, we look at wellness-related concerns from working in a corrections environment. So we're looking to see the types of initiatives that BOP has put in place to address some of the mental health concerns that they have for their staff. And one of the statistics you cite is the incredible rise in overtime costs, and also there is a steady rise or steady drumbeat of suicides among federal employees that work at BOP. So it seems to point to overwork and also mental conditions that are just a result of working in a very difficult environment, correct? Yes. Yeah, so one of the things we look at when we think about just the level of overtime and then the use of augmentation. So augmentation happens when a staff member who doesn't typically function as a corrections officer is transferred over to that particular duty. And so it's important to remember that everyone who works for BOP gets corrections training and they can be considered a corrections officer even if they're hired in food services or health services or any type of administrative position. The only staff who are excluded from being augmented are psychological services staff because of their specialized needs. And so, for example, if someone who typically does education gets augmented to being someone in charge of custody, that would be a different experience for them, although they would have the training. Okay, and uh, just getting back to the overtime for a moment, if overtime has gone up, I think, tenfold to couple of hundred million dollars a year in the most recent year that you were able to get the full figures. It seems like they just have a basic level of understaffing. Okay, so yes, BOP has spent about $824 million on overtime covering the fiscal years 2015 to 2019. During that same period, as you noted, the expenditures across all of BOP institutions increased like 102%. BOP has told us that staffing shortages can lead to increases in overtime, And in 2017, they had a hiring freeze. In 2018, they had a reduction in authorized positions. So they told us that these two things help explain the increases that they have in overtime. And of course, people working overtime, then that tends to make worse the problems of the psychology that happens because of the difficult working conditions. Is that a fair connection to make? That is part of it. And so um, when we talk about the wellness-related effects of working in a corrections environment, one of the things, the substantial use of overtime can lead to stress on the workers. The substantial use of augmentation and the substantial use of overtime both lead to stress on the workers. 
And again, augmentation is you do this job basically, but this week you're going to do that job and we'll train you, but it's you're augmenting something that you're not primarily there to do. Exactly. So augmentation is BOP's practice of assigning staff whose typical duties are not those of a corrections officer. Now, mind you, everyone who works for BOP goes through the corrections training and they are first considered a corrections officer. But, you know, if they're not doing that post every day, that's not what they're typically used to. And then having to go to that extra post could also add to their stress level. We're speaking with Greta Goodwin. She is Director of Homeland Security and Justice Issues at the Government Accountability Office. And when you look at the basic numbers, 125,000 prisoners and 37,000 employees, it sounds like reading between the lines here, Congress is saying, golly, four to one prisoners to staff. That's better than you get on a first-class airline cabin as far as staffing levels. What do you need so many people for? But it sounds like there's a basic disagreement how many people it takes to enforce incarceration in a way that's safe for both the incarcerated and the guards. The staffing ratios depend on the type of institution, and it depends on the location. So by way of example, if we're talking about a low-security prison, then the inmate-to-staff ratios can be anywhere from 7 to 20. So that would be seven inmates per one corrections officer or 20 inmates per a corrections officer. But that's in a low-security prison. If we're talking about a high security prison, a prison that you know has more risk associated with it, then we're talking about anywhere from four to seven inmate to corrections officer ratio. So it will depend on the type of institution you're in and also the location of the institution. But the inmate to staff ratio is indeed a concern for BOP. And there have been some real safety incidents. I mean, their union regularly reports on attacks on guards by inmates, especially female guards. And so it sounds like they definitely need more people in certain locations. So there is less fatigue and less, I guess, degradation of their observational skills as the shift goes on and on and on. So what are your recommendations with respect to establishing the right staff levels? So we are asking BOP to conduct an analysis, you know, do more rigorous methodology, evaluating what their staffing levels are. So we have seven recommendations that we put forward in this report. All of the recommendations are related to management of staff and resources. So we're asking BOP to develop and implement reliable methods for calculating staffing levels. We're also asking them to conduct a risk assessment of its overtime and augmentation use so they get a better handle on the risk that might be associated to staff and just overall institutional security because they're having to use so much overtime and augmentation. We're also asking BOP to develop and implement a method for ensuring its employee assistance programs are effective and efficient. I was going to say that's the one that would be at least kind of the medicine if someone is stressed because of being reassigned, because of being an augmentor, or just simply working overtime on what they normally do. At least Mm -hmm. the EAP could help mitigate some of the effects that could lead to suicide or depression or whatever problems they might have on or off the job. Yeah, so BOP, under its Employee Assistance Program, offers a number of initiatives to help the staff deal with augmentation or to help the staff deal with just overall mental health issues. And so one of the things they have, they have a crisis support team that they use. It's a peer-based team that provides support to employees when they're responding to critical incidents. And the Employee Assistance Program in and of itself also identifies and provides mental health services to BOP staff. 
And did BOP generally accept these recommendations? In some ways, it's a route to getting the staffing they need. But on the other hand, it's something they need to tighten up from a managerial standpoint. BOP accepted all of our recommendations, and we look forward to following up to see, you know, how they're going to implement our recommendations. But they have accepted all of them. This all sounds like a set of problems that didn't start yesterday. So BOP staffing challenges are longstanding, and the agency needs reliable methods for calculating the staffing levels, for understanding the effects of their employee incentive programs, and understanding the effectiveness of their employee assistance programs. What we know from the work that we've done until then, BOP will miss out on several opportunities to better analyze their staffing data and improve upon their employee wellness programs. And we know that the COVID pandemic has had a bad effect on prisons at all levels. Are you looking at that also? We are. This particular report does not cover the coronavirus within the prisons. This report looks at fiscal year 2015 to March of 2020. So that allows for us to do some trend analysis on the staffing challenges. We have ongoing work looking specifically at BOP's response to COVID and the impact on facilities, inmates, and staff. That report should be available this summer. Greta Goodwin is Director of Homeland Security and Justice Issues at the Government Accountability Office. Thanks so much. Thank you. We'll post this interview along with a link to her report at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on your schedule. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your shows. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, Always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.